Hello everyone, my name is Jordan Nagoli and welcome to the introduction episode of Find Your Edge. We've put a lot of hard work, time, and energy into creating this show and I am so grateful and so excited that it has finally launched. While we were going through the building phase and the launch phase, I realized that I think it's important for you guys to understand who I am, where I come from, and my backstory along with why I've created this show, Find Your Edge. So with that being said, I have written down a few questions. I've taken some notes about my life and things that I think are important so that you have a better understanding of who I am. With this show, I am really doing my best to be my most authentic self. I want to break down walls. I want to break down barriers and it's my promise to be as vulnerable as possible because I think the more vulnerable that I can be, the more my guests will be willing to share stories from their lives and the more you, the listener, can be more vulnerable and I think it will produce a better connection between host and guest and listener. So with that being said, let's learn a little bit more about my story and where I come from. So I was born in... October of 1994. I had to think about that for a second. I was born in October of 1994 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I was born to two amazing parents. My mother, Donna, she is from Manchester, England, and my father, Gez, he is Albanian. Uh, my parents are amazing, and we have a great relationship to this day. I'm, I'm so grateful for them. I have a younger sister, her name is Morgan, and I have two older brothers. I have an older brother named Jace, and I have an older brother named Doisel. Uh, I love my siblings, and I'm just grateful for my entire family. I have, a, I have a great family I'm very blessed with. I have the most beautiful, smart, creative, badass wife on the planet. Her name is Kiana Jean Marie Wilkins Agoli, and I love her. She is my everything, and she is my rock. I was born in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. As I said, I moved to Fort Myers when I was, I think, two years old. And then I lived there until I was six years old. And then we moved to Atlanta, Georgia in 2000. And I've lived here ever since. Atlanta is home to me. Uh, I am a Florida boy. I, I love the heat and I love the, the hot weather, but Atlanta has been home to me and my family over the last 22 years. I love the city. I love the people. I love the culture. And again, I just feel blessed to have grown up in such a diverse and unique community. It's been really fun to grow up here. Let's see. That's where I was born. So my career, what I do right now, I'm the owner and founder of Force Media, which is a video production and digital marketing agency. Uh, we've been in business for six years, and I love the work that we get to do every single day. It's not by any means easy, and it's not perfect. We have our obstacles, and we have our challenges, just like everybody does in their lives and in their careers, but I, I do feel really blessed and grateful that I get this opportunity to have a business and run and own a company. It's been a great learning and growth experience for me. And the clients that we get to work with on a daily basis are amazing. So uh, I love the work that that we get to do. Outside of my work, my hobbies, let's see. First and foremost, I love anything athletic or physical activity related. I love to work out. My favorite sports are basketball and karate and MMA. Outside of that, I am an avid music fan. Literally, you will have music playing all day when you're around me. I first, I love rap, uh, but I love rock. I love R&B. I love lo-fi music. I love classical music. 
really, you name it, I will enjoy listening to it. I love learning more about artists. I love watching their music videos. And I'm just a music fiend. I'm pretty much obsessed with it. What else? I love space. I'm obsessed with going to space. I can't wait to visit space later on in life. I love traveling. I love the outdoors. Uh, but outside of that, I also really love TV shows and movies and getting lost in other worlds. I love sunsets. I love flying my drone. What else? Yeah, I. Oh, I'm I'm a big nerd when it comes to uh, manga and anime and just learning new things. I I love trying new things. And I think most of all, I love people. I'm definitely very extroverted. I like time to myself, but I, I'm very extroverted. And if you spend any time with me and we go out and just in public, I will talk to people and I'll learn about them and I'll make new friends. And the quote, a stranger is just a friend you haven't uh, met yet, or a, a, a stranger is a friend you haven't made yet, something along those lines, that that would be my personality. I just love, I love getting to know people. And that I think leads perfectly into why I'm starting this show and interviewing people and telling their stories. So to understand why I'm starting this show, I think it's really important to go back a few years and talk about the first podcast that I had, which is called Teenage Entrepreneur. And Teenage Entrepreneur was a passion project that came out of an idea because I discovered podcast in 2013 and it was amazing. Oh my gosh, an on-demand resource to learn about any topic in the world. I don't have to listen to ads on the radio. I can just listen to podcasts. This is amazing. And that's how I started listening to podcasts. And I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My my dad is an integrative medical doctor and has a holistic clinic here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, that my mom and him have helped build over the years. And uh, my brother is very entrepreneurial too. He really inspired a lot between him, uh, between my dad and my brother. They really inspired me with that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, um, pressure washing and car washing and landscaping and buying candy off of eBay and then selling it at our school, which we did get in trouble for, by the way. But that kind of got the entrepreneurial bug in me as a, as a young kid and teenager. And then at 19, when I started listening to podcasts, I recognized that there was no podcast out there specifically for young entrepreneurs at that time. And I saw this big gap, which was, okay, you've got a successful businessman or woman that's making millions of dollars every year in their business. But then you've got those young entrepreneurs that are just getting started. They're struggling making a few thousand dollars in their business. How do you, what was the story between I started in my parents' basement and now I have this $10 million company? There's definitely a gap in between that and that's the story that I wanted to tell. Hey, how did you get from the beginning stages to this veteran successful entrepreneur that you are today? So I bought this course called Podcaster's Paradise from John Lee Dumas. Shout out John from Entrepreneur on Fire. He was instrumental in getting me into this uh, internet storytelling media production world. And that taught me how to create, grow, and monetize a podcast that was eventually would become Teenage Entrepreneur. And that that show that changed my life. That really changed the trajectory of my life. Prior to that, I really had no interest in media production, in photography and videography and storytelling. That just wasn't me. I was a sports guy. That's all I really cared about. But when I started interviewing people, when I got behind the mic and I started telling their stories, it was like a passion inside of me that I didn't even realize existed was ignited. And 
in true fashion, you'll learn this about my personality. I became obsessed and addicted because I was already interviewing people. I was already telling their stories without realizing it. If I would meet a stranger, if I would talk to a friend or someone that I knew for a long time and I was interested in their life, I would ask question after question about it, which led me to the podcast. And like I said, that podcast changed my life. I got the opportunity to do interviews all over the United States. I even got a chance to work in Europe. I got to work on the behalf of the Global Entrepreneurship Forum with the United States. And that threw me into the media production storytelling world. I ran that show for, let's see, 2014 to 2017. We had two seasons. And that is actually what led me to starting Force Media because I recognized, hey, I've got this podcast I think other businesses are going to want podcasts. Let me build this business and do some marketing consulting and then do podcast production at the same time. That's what uh, Force Media started as back in 2016. So that was the first show. You're welcome to go listen to it. It's fun going back to listen to me doing interviews seven or eight years ago, but that is what got me into storytelling and interviewing. So what's interesting is I started Force Media in 2016. And at that time, I was still running my podcast, Teenager Entrepreneur, trying to get clients. It was really tough at that time to get anyone to do a podcast because that podcast bubble had not burst yet the way it has now where literally everyone has a podcast in every niche. It's really incredible to see how much the industry has grown. But I started Force Media in 2016, and I didn't stop doing the Teenage Entrepreneur podcast until 2017. But the reason why I paused that show was I needed to grow as a businessman and as a leader, and I really wanted to focus on Force Media. We had started, we had added video production. We were getting different clients in the marketing industry, and I was like, hey, let me just pause on this right now. Let me focus on growing this business and getting it to a place where I feel comfortable before I step back into the interviewing world. And what was cool was I was always interviewing people just behind the scenes when you're interviewing someone on camera. It just wasn't for a show anymore. But all that time, I, I deeply missed hosting and interviewing for a show. But over the last six years, you know, we've built Force Media into a strong brand with a great reputation of helping our clients, helping grow their business. And I'm really proud of what we've built uh, to this present day. But over the last year to 18 months, I told myself, I was like, all right, Jordan, you really need to buckle down. You need to focus and you need to get back into interviewing. I didn't have a show name. I didn't have a concept or anything like that. But I just thought, all right, I'm going to get a show off the ground and I'm going to bring it to life, which is now present day, find your edge. So it took a little while to get back here, but I hope that gives some perspective of what led me into interviewing and, and getting me started into this process. Now, with that being said, those are the positives. Those are the great highlights of what has gone on over the last few years. But now it's time to shift the conversation a little bit to a more challenging topic for me to talk about. And I'm going to preface, I will probably get emotional while I talk about this. This has been the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my entire life. And it actually is a five-year journey of an injury that I've gone through with my what started with my lower back and then led into my entire spine. So... With that being said, here's the full story. There's a lot more that goes into it and there's more details, but that would literally take hours to tell. So I'm going to try to summarize the last five years, not as quickly as possible, but just hit the bullet points. So in 2017, 
I went on a trip to California, actually a podcast production trip to try to land a new client. I was out there staying with my brother and uh, one of our best friends named Xavier Du, who will actually be on the podcast later on this year, which is exciting to talk about. But I went out there for a trip uh, to try to land a new podcast client. When we were out there, we went on a hiking trip. My brother's really adventurous and outdoorsy, so he took us on a trip uh, about hiking two and a half hours into the wilderness in LA near this gorgeous waterfall. And when we were hiking back from the waterfall, we were walking on this ledge and I slipped and fell off the rock ledge. It was about a 200 foot drop that I luckily missed because there was a, about a, a ledge, maybe six to eight feet below that drop. I fell off the, the first ledge, about six to eight feet, landed on my side, bounced off of that into a pool of water that had sharp rocks all around it that I luckily missed. And I landed into the rocks and I was in shock at that moment. It happened so fast, I was completely shocked that I didn't die and fall off the, the rest of the cliff. My brother and savior thought that I had died because when I had fallen, they couldn't see me. I was in pain. I was hurt, but I was more in shock at that time. And that was, uh, that was a very scary moment, but luckily I was able to get up. They, they helped me up and we walked back to the car. I was in pain. I was bruised, but I was like, okay, I've been through way worse stuff than this. This is not a big deal. So I thought at that point. So I come back from my trip to uh, Atlanta from LA and I'll never forget, I was sitting on my bed and I was about to go to karate actually. And I started having trouble breathing in my chest and I started having tightening spasms and contractions in my back. And every breath that I would take, I would be able to take less and less oxygen into my chest. And I was really, really concerned. So I call my mom and dad immediately because I... <laughs> In hindsight, I probably should have called 911. I did not want to call 911 because it was expensive and I didn't want to make a big deal out of things. That's not the right thing to do, but at that time, I was naive and I, I didn't call 911. So I called my mom. I was like, hey, mom, I'm freaking out. I can barely breathe. My, my back and body is collapsing on me. At this point, and I can't do it because I'll, I'll, I'll uh, move away from the microphone, but I was halfway collapsed to where I was completely crunched over like I was going to be vomiting. But the, my, my breath turned into wheezing, like, <gasps> and I was like, oh my God, I, am I going to suffocate? Am I going to die? None of my roommates were home. So fast forward, by the time my mom got there, I was completely collapsed on the floor. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't move. Um, her and my, my roommate helped carry me down to the car, and we went to my dad's medical office. Uh, they rushed me inside in a wheelchair. I'm freaking out. I can barely breathe. Lo and behold, guys, it's a back spasm in my back that was causing me to have these breathing problems because my body wouldn't relax. So we did some acupuncture. We did some electrotherapy. They gave me some muscle relaxers. And in probably two hours, my body started to feel back to normal. We went and we got some x-rays. We got some MRIs. Uh, at that time, there was no issue. So we thought, okay, this was a fluke of an injury. This happened one time. No big deal. Again, so we thought. Fast forward a couple months later, and my karate school, United States Taito Karate, was hosting a black belt test. Now, I had already earned my first degree black belt a couple years prior, so it was my job to fight one of the candidates at the end of the test. It's about a five-hour test, and then at the end, as a rite of passage, they have to fight a black belt. So I was the last one to go, and I had warmed up my body. I'd stretched and, and gotten warmed up for about 30 minutes. 
and I had planned to scare my opponent by throwing a fast kick towards his face and head. I wasn't going to hit him. I was just going to scare him right when the match started. Guys, this is the moment that changed my life forever. I the, the whistle was blown, the match started, and I threw a vicious kick called a shadjogeti, and I felt something rip in my lower back on the spot. It was a sensation of heat and lightning pain shooting up my spine towards my head, down my spine into my hips, down to my feet, just an electrocution of pain throughout my body. But I... I'll be frank with you guys, I've had a lot of injuries and pain over the years, and especially when you're in a in a match with hundreds of people watching and you're a black belt fighting a non-black belt, you don't quit, you don't stop, and it hurt in that moment, but my adrenaline was rushing, and I didn't think a big deal of it. The match finishes, and the pain starts to set in, I walk outside, I lay my legs up on a chair, I sit backwards, and people, a couple of my friends could tell right away, like, hey, is something wrong? And I was like, ah, you know, I think I tweaked my back, this hurts. But I'm walking, I'm moving, not a big deal. Not a big deal, right? Who would have thought? So over the next over the next few months, I continue to train. I test for my second degree black belt. I keep fighting. I keep training. I keep lifting weights, which was, in hindsight, the worst mistake I could have made. But at that time, I kept having a lot of chronic pain. Uh, it really hurt to sit down. I couldn't sit down for longer than 20, 30 minutes. It hurt when I was driving. And it just constantly hurt. But again, up until that point, guys, I had broken both my wrists, multiple fingers, stitches, partial torn ACL, broken ankle, sprained ankle, like you name it. I had it, but I've been an athlete my whole life. So it it wasn't a big deal to me. Up until a few months after around November, guys, I was in agony. I was having sleep deprivation. I was in pain every day. So I got an MRI and the MRI showed a disc tear, but it showed herniations and bulging discs. Because what I ended up learning was when you have a disc tear, it causes fluid to leak from the discs that causes inflammation that can produce disc herniations and bulging discs. So if you don't solve that problem immediately, it's only going to get worse. But again, I'd gone through injuries before, so we were going to figure this out. So from 2017 July to uh, June of next year, I did everything, everything under the sun you can imagine chiropractic, uh, massage therapy, physical therapy, um, resting, not working out, actually resting my body. I had 16 different injections, prolozone injections, and I I can't even remember the other injection name, Um, hyperbaric oxygen chamber, sauna, IV therapy, um, cryotherapy, cold therapy. You name it, I did it. It didn't get any better. My back only got worse. It only got worse. The chronic, the chronic pain started to set in. I started to have severe sleep deprivation. I was no longer able to work out. So I started to have a lot more anxiety, a lot more frustration. I felt tense all the time. I started to lose weight. I'm not a big guy. I'm a naturally skinny guy. So I, I was, I think, around 180 pounds when I got hurt. Um, within six months, I had dropped to 165 pounds. And by... The uh, by one year later, I dropped to 160 pounds, and guys, nothing was working, and I was freaking out. I had really lost my quality of life at that point. So, at that point, guys, I am freaking out because I've seen multiple doctors, multiple therapists, tried multiple therapies and modalities to heal, and nothing was working. In fact, I was only getting worse every single month. So, my dad actually found this doctor named Kevin Pauza who specialized in treating disc tears, specifically in athletes. 
So I got an MRI done and I, we had a phone consultation with Dr. Pauza and he said that I was a candidate for the surgery and they expected me to make a full recovery. So my parents and I, we fly out to Texas and we do the procedure and the way the procedure works, cause it wasn't a full on surgery. It wasn't a surgical center. They inject a massive needle into your spine into the discs and they seal the disc tears. The The theory behind it is, is really smart. They seal the disc tears to stop the disc from leaking fluid. So you won't have any inflammation anymore. You heal the disc tears and then eventually that can heal your herniations and your disc bulges. And we thought, okay, this is going to be great. I'm going to get back to the, to the man and athlete that I once was. So up until that point, I could still move around. I was just in chronic pain all the time. And it wasn't horrible to where I couldn't do stuff, but it would hurt every time I would work out or try to throw a kick in karate. It would just really, really hurt. But I still had my range of motion. I could still run. I could still move around. And now this is the second phase where my life was changed forever. I go into the surgery room. They give me some medicine to where I'm not completely under anesthesia, but I can't feel what's going on. Well, they said I couldn't feel what was going on in my back. That's not true. But I was under twilight. What they called was twilight, and it was I was really delirious. When they injected this the needle into my spine, that's the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Like I told you, it was electrocution going throughout my entire body. But I had faith that the procedure would work. And the next day when, and not even the next day, when I got up from, and I left that surgery room, um, I, I got out in a wheelchair and when I got out that next day and I tried to move around, I had completely lost all my range of motion. I could not bend over one inch. I could not move side to side one inch. If I wanted to get something off the ground, I'd have to ask someone to do it. I couldn't, I could not move at all. It was like someone had poured cement into my lower back, complete cement that had uh, hardened like a rock on my lower back. However, I kept telling myself, this is going to go away. This is going to go away. One month goes by, two months go by, three months go by. It never went away. It wasn't getting better. I had this freaking cement in my lower back. I was in more pain than ever before. I started having back spasms and I was a shell of myself. I lost even more weight. The lowest I ever weighed in at was 149 pounds down from 185. And again, I'm not a big guy, so I was skin and bone. I started having severe, severe sleep deprivation. I would be up all night. And, what, and anyone that has chronic sleep deprivation knows it starts to mess with your brain. I started having severe depression, severe anxiety. I was angry at the world. I didn't know what was going on. Um, Every time I would tell the the doctors and, and his team that this wasn't working, they said, well, you know, we need to give it a few months to heal. We need to give it a few months to heal. And I tried that. I really, really tried that. But guys, it, guys, it destroyed me. It, it destroyed me. That six months from my surgery to the end of that year was, it was just one of the hardest times in my entire life. Um, people would make fun of me and they would criticize me for how much weight I had lost. Uh, people asked me if I was sick. They asked me if I had cancer. They told me I looked like a skeleton of myself. I, uh, in hindsight, I really started to struggle with body dysmorphia, which I, I didn't even know that was a thing until a couple months ago when I was thinking back about my life. 
Uh, I stopped hanging out with people. I stopped going out. I stopped posting online. I turned from an extrovert to an introvert. I didn't want to talk to people because I thought they would judge me for how I looked. Um, I went from being the guy that could help people and lift things to the guy that needed help to, to do anything. Um, there were days that it was hard to use the bathroom by myself. There was days that it was hard to shower by myself. Um, my, my wife, she was my girlfriend at that time. <clears throat> she would help me put on my, my socks and my shoes and my underwear. Uh, and guys, it was just brutal. You know, the chronic pain, the chronic pain just, just took over my life. And <clears throat> it was, it was really hard because I, I didn't see a way out. And I started to uh, question if life was worth living anymore. Because when you have pain all day, every day, and people tell you that you're going to get better, and then you spend money and more money and more time and more energy, and you don't get better and you only get worse, uh, you start to feel like you're being punished. You start to feel like you've done something wrong and that you no longer deserve to live. And it's just it's just the worst feeling that I think a human could ever have when they when they lose the de- uh, the desire to live for for whatever reason that is. It doesn't just have to be chronic pain. But for me, my crucible was the chronic pain. And uh I I had tried to write down my thoughts during that time to just process what I was going through. And I found this from 2018. And I want to share this with you guys, just, uh, just so it gives a little bit of perspective <clears throat> of what was going on in my, in my, my heart and mind during that time. And this is what I wrote on um, October 31st, 2018. Today, I feel dark. It feels like there is a black cloud circling my mind. The cloud keeps getting bigger and bigger. My head feels heavy. My heart and chest feel tight. I'm not angry nor anxious. I'm not afraid or sad. I just feel darkness inside me. It feels like a hundred pounds weight of worthlessness is weighing on top of me. No matter how hard I try, I can't run away from my thoughts. My mind is with me always. Alcohol and drugs help numb the feeling, but it comes back eventually. I refuse to give up even though my mind wants to. I know it's related to sleep deprivation, chronic pain, and subconscious stressors, but damn, this is a tough day. I'm not worthless. I do add value to the world. So why do I feel this way? Is it demons? Is it depression? Or is it the everyday struggle of just being human? I don't have the answers but I do have the struggles. Although it seems as though everyone has the struggles. They come in different shapes and sizes, but we all have them. Remember your training, Jordan. Never give up. Never back down. Endure the pain. It won't last forever. You know, it's hard to, it is hard to read something like that because I'm not in that place anymore, but I was close to taking my own life. And you know, the only, 
The only reason I didn't hurt myself is I didn't want to hurt my wife, girlfriend at that time. And I didn't want to hurt my family because I, I just, uh, I didn't want to give up and I wanted to be there for them. But fuck, I thought about it. I thought about it every day for many, many, many months. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, <sighs> without my family during that time, I wouldn't be here. And so uh, mom, dad, Kiana, Jace, Morgan, thank you guys. Thank you guys for being there for me during that time because uh, because of that, I'm here today. And there is so much more left in the story. And I po- I promise it, it actually, it doesn't get better immediately. <laughs> it gets a lot worse. <laughs> oh, shit, it gets a lot worse. But it does get better. And we're going to keep talking about that. I need to get some water. <clears throat> so give me a second. Okay, so we took a little bit of a break there for me to get some water and to gather myself. But uh, where were we? Uh, 2018, so I'm in just the darkest, worst place of my life at that point. And I reach out to the doctors, and uh, it did not go well. Let's just say, I'm not even I'm not even going to get into it on this podcast right now because it's just going to frustrate me. Uh, they did not have my back. They screwed me over, and they were not there to help me whatsoever when the surgery that they performed backfired. So... I took matters into my own hands and I told myself, I'm going to rehabilitate my back and do whatever it takes. And the way I looked at it was, I got this damn cement in my lower back. And every day, I'm going to take a little chisel figuratively. I'm just going to chip, 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 chip away at my spine to where I can get my range of motion back and I can hopefully decrease my my chronic pain. So that's exactly what I did. I was 151 pounds could not move or bend over one inch. And over that 2019 year, uh, that was a comeback year for me, guys. That was a comeback year. I joined a gym and I started going to the gym every single day. I started stretching. I started walking. I started looking at back rehabilitation exercises. And I basically built a program for myself. Um, And I'm really proud to say that over that year, I put back on 25 pounds. I increased my range of motion by at least 80%. I wasn't able to lift heavy weights again the way I was before, but I could run, I could jump, and I still had pain, but it was not horrible pain to where I couldn't do stuff. It was just frustrating pain to where I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to deal with this daily, but this is at least something that I can deal with that doesn't leave me in that depressed, suicidal, angry, aggressive state. I uh, I got my personality back. I was... I was extroverted again. I wanted to hang out with people. I found that joy for for living. I proposed to my girlfriend. She said yes. We got engaged. Uh and just guys, it was it was a great comeback year for me to where I was like, okay, I'm so thankful that I didn't end my life because there's there is so much more to life that I've yet to experience and I'm I was just grateful that my my family didn't give up on me and that I didn't give up on myself. So with that being said, 2019 was that comeback year and things really did go well for me with with my recovery. Like I said, I put back on that weight. I was able to work out again and I was getting my life back. And then 2020 hit and 2020 was 
if not worse than 2018 for me. And, and as we all know, that's when COVID hit. Uh, but that wasn't even just the hardest part for me at, at that time. So 2020 hits and the beginning of the year is great. My body's feeling really strong. I can work again. I can use my cameras again. I can lift weights. Uh, I was working hard. We were planning our wedding. Things were going really great. And obviously COVID hits uh, in, you know, we start hearing about it February, March, and then April, the lockdowns happen and it's terrifying for the entire world. But I remember the first week of May, I was over at my parents' house. And at that time, guys, my back is doing really, really well. I'm at like 80% of where I used to be at my top tier athletic phase, about 80%, which was awesome to me. I was at my parents' house. I was outside on the driveway shooting hoops. I bend over to pick up a basketball. And it felt like someone took a hot knife and stabbed it in my back. And once again, I felt the electrifying pain. But guys, this time, it was worse than anything I'd ever experienced. And I sit up and I'm like, oh shit, like what the hell just happened? I go inside. My parents can tell something's wrong. They're like, what's wrong, honey? What's going on? I said, guys, I something spasmed in my back. I don't feel good. Let me lay down. So we put some heat on it. We put some ice on it. And I was like, guys, I'm going to go home. I'm really not feeling good. I'm in a lot of pain, but I'm going to go home. I get in the car. I drive up the hill. I don't even make it up the hill. I am screaming. There's shooting pain going up my spine, going down my legs. I can't sit down. I get out of the car. I'm in the middle of the street crying. Guys, not, not tears flowing in my face. I'm talking like screaming, crying agony. I can't move. So I call my parents. I was like, mom, dad, you got to come get me. I don't know what's going on. I can barely move. They had to pick me up and they had to carry me and lay me down flat in the back of my mom's SUV. They took me to my apartment. They lay me down on my bed. We slowly get me in. And I'm, guys, I'm in agony. I'm, this is another level of pain that I had never understood to that point. I could barely move for about three weeks. I'm right back to not being able to put on my socks, my underwear. It hurt to uh, use the bathroom. It hurt to shower. I struggled to just do anything. And it took me months and months and months. I'm back getting injections. I'm back doing therapy. I'm doing everything I have to do to just be able to fucking move. Not to live life, not to work out. I don't, I don't have that anymore. Just to be able to move properly. So that was May. July 1st, I lose my sense of taste and smell. And guys, and at that time, I know it's different present day. There was no rapid testing. Everyone's sick. People are dying quickly from COVID and it is terrifying. And I immediately realize, holy shit, I think I have COVID. So I lose my sense of taste and smell on the 1st of July. I have to quarantine at home, not knowing if I have COVID or not. Two days after I get lose the taste and smell. I start to have other symptoms. I feel sick. I have body aches. I'm in the shower. I lift my knee up in the shower. My fucking back spasms again, and I fall out of the shower. I'm screaming. I'm crying in pain. My fiance comes in. My wife now. My I'm just gonna I'm just gonna refer to Kiana as my wife now. <laughs> uh, my wife comes in. Babe, what's wrong? What's going on? I'm losing it. I'm I have lost it. 
Uh, my fucking back spasms. I have COVID. I'm sick. What, what have I done? What, why, why is this happening to me? What have I done to deserve all this pain and this anguish and this heartache and, you know, one step forward, 10 steps back? What have I done to deserve this? Well, guys, it, uh, I, let's see, it takes 11 days for my COVID test to come back. It says it's positive, but then it's a 14 day quarantine, quarantine period, but I, you, you can't leave. And again, this is different back then. You couldn't leave until you get a negative test. So I get a negative, I get a test, but that test takes 12 days to come back. I need back therapy. I need injections. I need trigger point therapy. I need a massage. I need chiropractic work because I'm in fucking agony at this point. No, I can't do that because I have to quarantine at home. So I spent 26 days at home with a uh, a back that spasmed with COVID. And if 2018 was bad, this this made 2018 look even easier. That was the worst time of my entire life. Oh, keep in mind, we're still planning the wedding at that time. And I say we, my wife is planning the wedding at that time. But at this point, I'm thinking to myself, am I even going to be able to walk down the aisle? I could, guys, I could not pick up a pencil off the floor because every time I'd bend over, I would have spasms in my back. And thankfully, my work, I, I had... My clients understood what was going on with my body and people were very caring and understanding of what was going on. So I had the support of my team. I had the support of my clients, but that doesn't matter. I don't want to be an absentee owner. I want to help my wife uh, plan the wedding, but I need to get my body better. I don't even have the confidence that I'm going to be able to walk down the aisle at that point. And uh, not to mention guys, COVID wrecked me. I lost my sense of taste and smell. And when I tested, uh, after I tested negative, I had all these sinus issues. So I'd wake up in the middle of the night, barely being able to breathe with my sinuses. I lost my sense of taste and smell, which totally messed up um, my how I would eat because everything tasted the same. To make matters worse, all these back spasms, I was taking these muscle relaxers and these painkillers, which turns out destroys the gut, the microbiomes in your gut. So I was having tr- uh, problems digesting my food. I was losing more weight. I went from 180 again down to 160 pounds. Once again, I started struggling with the body dysmorphia. I didn't want to be around people. Uh, and I, I was back to way worse before. Now, I'll be honest, at that time, I, I didn't start struggling with the suicidal thoughts because I was engaged. I had a lot of responsibility and I was like, no, I don't, I don't care what happens. I'm not, I'm not killing myself. I'm not giving up on myself. Uh, but trust me, I wanted to, but at that point I just, I was like, I'm not, I'm not giving up on this. We're going to figure this out. But I was so busy with work, trying to heal my back and this wedding. I was like, all right, let me just, let's just get through the wedding and then we'll address my back and my sinus issues. And, and guys, I didn't have my taste and smell. It took me almost a year to get my taste and smell back. So, uh, bless my wife's heart and my parents and my, my in-laws, everybody was amazing. We had to have a COVID wedding. It was 150 people down to 15 in my parents' backyard, but it was beautiful. And that was the highlight of my year for all the bullshit that we went through with my body and my back. My wedding was beautiful. I married the most amazing woman on the entire planet. Kiana, I love you more than anything. And you are my rock. You know that I tell you daily, but I'm proclaiming this to the world. She's the greatest. So after uh, the wedding, after the wedding, 
we had to take action on my body and my sinuses were having issues. My gut was having issues. I couldn't work out. I was in pain every day and it was a really, really shitty time. And this is another example of how I am so blessed and privileged. My father's integrative medical clinic, their tagline is, we get to the root cause of your problems. And so I told my dad, I said, dad, can I come in here? Can I get some testing done? And can we figure this out? And obviously my parents have done everything for me. They said, Jordan, come on in. Well, and they did a full blood workup for me, allergy tests, uh, everything you can learn about your body, we did. And I got my testing results back. So after I got the testing results back, they were, they were hard to see. You know, I had a lot of food allergies. I had, oh, my hormones were messed up. The minerals and vitamins in my body were messed up. And I was told that I would have to change my diet. And in fact, let me just go through everything that happened. Um, changed my lifestyle. I went gluten-free. I cut out all the foods that were on my allergy list. And some of them were very healthy. Uh, strawberries, blueberries, cashews, almonds. It doesn't matter if it's on there. It caused inflammation in my body. And the inflammation in my body exacerbated all the pain that I was already having. So I started taking supplements daily, uh, supplements in the morning and the afternoon. I went gluten-free. I went uh, no processed foods, no alcohol, really limiting the sugar, what the sugars that uh, were processed sugars. Uh, I started having a greens drink, shout out Athletic Greens. Please, oh, by the way, I'd, I'd love for them to sponsor the show later in the future, but Athletic Greens, I've taken it for 15 months straight. I've not missed a day. Uh, I, I took my supplements. What else was I doing? Uh, I was doing therapy regularly, but specifically changing my lifestyle, the changing the foods, changing no alcohol, changing uh, everything that I was putting into my body and treating it, really treating it like a temple. And again, to that point, I had, I had taken care of myself, but I'd also like to reward myself, but no more of that. No desserts, no candy, uh, nothing. And I started to see improvements immediately. Oh, and uh, I started taking shakes to help heal my gut. I had leaky gut syndrome. So I started that in November. and No, I'm sorry. I started that in December and really started to see a difference after about three months. My taste and smell started to improve. I started gaining muscle back. Uh, I was not in as much pain. Oh my gosh, the, the pain and the inflammation of my body had decreased drastically. So I was like, okay, this, this thing is real. I'm just going to stick with this. It's not a diet anymore. This is a lifestyle change. So after we had the diet worked out and we uh, decreased my inflammation and we improved my COVID symptoms, I was like, okay, I'm at a good maintenance point with my, with the rest of my body right now. Let's really focus on healing this back once and for all. At around the same time I changed on my diet, I started working with a new chiropractor named Dr. Veronica Garcia. And she's, I still work with her to this day. She's been instrumental in my health. And she's a CrossFit athlete and chiropractor who's also had one hell of a journey. I think she's episode three or four on this Find Your Edge, Find Your Edge podcast. You're going you're gonna to learn about her story. It's fascinating. But she really went above and beyond to help me understand why my discs were injured and how we could get back to a point where I could at least work out again. So she and I were working for three or four months together. And then she told me, hey, Jordan, I want to introduce you to my sports massage therapist named Jacob Hamacher. He's a massage therapist, but he's also a trainer and CrossFit athlete. Guys and ladies and everyone out there, 
this is where my life really started to change for the better. So I started working with Jacob and <sighs> Jacob, I love you. Thank you, man. He changed my life. He put more effort into healing my back and body than any other doctor minus Dr. Garcia has ever put into helping me over the last five years. And between Dr. Garcia and, and Jacob, we, I had, I had my team, I had my team that I believed in and I was making progress every single day. What I started to recognize was I needed to take time off of work so that I could put all my energy into healing. And that was around, let's see, February, March of 2021. I thought, I I think I'm going to go on sabbatical. I think I'm going to shut down the business for the most part. I'm going to literally treat my therapy like a full-time job. And so the plan was I would work with Jacob four days a week. And these were workouts, but we were basically rebuilding how my body worked from the ground up. My muscles had atrophied. I was in constant agony and pain. But Jacob took a look at my MRIs and between him and Dr. Garcia, they said, you may not be the same athlete again, but we can get you to the point where you can move around, you can move your body, and you can get a better quality of life back. And that's all I wanted, guys. I just wanted to be able to lift a little bit of weights, move my body, get a sweat in, and actually feel like I'm pushing myself because I went from this avid athlete that I could lift 400 pounds, dunk a basketball, fight anybody I wanted to this shell of myself that couldn't pick up a pencil off the floor, needed help with everything. I was in agony all day. I was on all this medication, and I thought, no. I've been broken down before, but I've come back. I've been broken down again. I've come back. We're going to do it this time, and I'm going to give everything I have to this. Guys, it was one of the hardest decisions in my life. Uh, At that point, business was really taking off. We were making tens of thousands of dollars a month. Um, I had a great team behind me, and we were really making a name for ourselves. Now, some of you out there are probably like, Jordan, why don't you hire other people to take this off your plate? Guys, I did. But anyone that's an owner knows just because you hire other people to do things for you doesn't mean things are going to go well and you still have a lot of responsibility on your plate. And when you have stress, stress causes pain and sleep deprivation. And when you're not sleeping and you're stressed, you're not healing. So March and April, I fired 90% of my clients. I had a call with them and I explained what was going on and they were very understanding. I let my team members go, but... Again, they were all very understanding and they were extremely supportive because they had seen how much pain and agony I'd gone through over the years and they just wanted me to get healthy. So uh, May, June, and July of 2021, I completely devoted myself to healing. I would work out and train with Jacob four days a week. I would do cupping and deep tissue massage therapy. I, uh, and it was, guys, it was hard. These are not fun workouts. These are extremely tedious, hard workouts were rebuilding how my body works. And they were scary because what if I had another back spasm? What if I was incapacitated again? What if I take all this time off and my body and my back doesn't heal? What if I'm not cut out to be a business owner? What if I have to work for someone else? What if I'm never going to be healthy again? All these what ifs, what ifs, they, they produce so much fear inside of me. But I thought to myself, you know what? You just need to try. You just need to try. And that way, at least if this doesn't work, then you know you've given everything you have to give. And you can't be mad at yourself or feel guilty because you didn't try anything and everything. So I'll fast forward because again, guys, there's so much detail that goes into this, but I think I've already been talking for almost an hour now. So the sabbatical was the best decision that 
I ever made in my entire life. We got my back to a point where I had the confidence to bend over and pick up things again. I wasn't in pain if I'm sitting down. I've been sitting in this chair for an hour and I don't feel that pain. However, I am more diligent and more routine than I've ever been in my entire life. I stretch and roll out my body daily. I have every back contraption you can imagine under the sun. Uh, I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink caffeine anymore. I really care about what I put into my body. I take this very seriously. I do not skip workouts. I do not miss anything. I do not skip my therapy. It is, it is a part-time job, and I'm happy to have this part-time job because it gave me my quality of life back. And I, to everyone that has been there for me throughout this, thank you guys so much for believing in me. And again, thank you to my wife, first and foremost. My wife stepped up during the sabbatical time because guys, to put this in perspective financially, we have spent around over the last five years, $100,000 on my back and my body. And my parents have helped with tens of thousands of that, by the way. This is not just for me. People have given us free therapy. Um, they've, they've helped support us. They've given me financial assistance. But guys, all of my personal savings and money has gone into this. And I'm talking all of it. I took all the money that we were making before the sabbatical. I had it in my savings. We used it all to cover my um, my training, to cover my therapy to cover our bills. My wife stepped up and she was working even more than she should have been to help cover those bills while I was taking time off. And it was the first time in my life where I was barely bringing any money in. I had one one marketing client that stayed with me and one video client that stayed with me, but that was bringing in barely any money each month. It was just enough for me to cover my office rent. And, and my wife stepped up. Uh, so that was a stressor. But what happened was I got to the point where I didn't give a shit how much money I was making. No amount of money was worth sacrificing my health. And there was a point where I, I thought I might need to get a different career because this production industry and this uh, this marketing industry is brutal on the body. Long days and long hours. And it's very rewarding. But people, <laughs> people that are not injured and don't have any back problems, they are... They're in pain after a long shoot day. I talked to all my friends. After you hold a camera for three uh, for five to six hours, you're going to be in pain. So, it it was a hard decision to make, but I, I, for more or less, I put my money where my mouth is. I spent all the money, and it was the best decision of my entire life. Although it was scary because once I finished the sabbatical, I was like, "Oh shit, I need to go make some money so we can build back up a savings again." But. It was the best decision of my entire life, and and I'm I'm grateful that I made the hard decision because if I hadn't done that, I may not even be here today doing this show. Who knows where I'd be at with my health? So doing the sabbatical was definitely the right move. So if someone were to ask me right now, Jordan, how are you doing with your body and your back? You know, it still doesn't come without its challenges. The sabbatical was great, and I felt amazing afterwards, but five months later, December of 2021, just a few months ago... I was working out and I tweaked a disc in my upper back. And then not even a month ago, I retweaked the disc in my upper back and I just got an MRI two days ago and it's not great. I have a lot of herniations and bulging discs and I have been in a lot of pain the past couple of weeks, not as bad as what my lower back was and we've gotten that worked out really hard. But once you have a spinal injury, you know it's something that you're gonna deal with for the rest of your life. But the difference is, now I'm equipped with the tools 
and the resources and the team and the knowledge to where I'm never going to fall back into that dark place. Because when I retweaked my disc again, and I was in that agonizing pain that left me in tears for a couple of days, I immediately felt myself slipping in back into that negativity. Oh, Jordan, you know, you're being punished. You're, you're never going to get healthy again. You're always going to have these back plagues. Okay, dude, first of all, chill the fuck out. Okay, calm down. Don't be so negative to yourself. Don't be so mean and so unkind. You're not the only person dealing with all these issues. You have people that love you and a team around you that supports you to solve this problem. You had a little bit of a setback, but a setback is a setup for a comeback. And that is what I truly believe. And that's the attitude and the mantra and the mentality that I have now. So everyone, please don't think life is perfect by any means. I still have issues. I'm still going through pain. I still have setbacks. But I'm in such a better place now than I was before. And it's it's thanks to the people that that I have in my life. And for that, I, I am so grateful. But just know that I am here pushing hard, pushing along. I'm not giving up. I'm constantly bettering myself and bettering my body. And uh, I'm I'm committed to healing myself, but I am on this journey no matter what happens. And it feels good to say that. It feels good to know that I'm I'm it feels good to know that I'm not in that dark place that I was in 2018 and that I I was in in 2020 and I'm I'm just grateful that I am no longer having those dark thoughts anymore because it was a scary time and it's been one hell of a journey but I do I I am on the other side and the other side is not perfect but it is way better than it was before. And you might ask yourself, Jordan, why are you sharing this story specifically about all your health issues? I'm sharing this because I strongly believe that if we as society are more vulnerable about what we have experienced, the trials and the tribulations, then we will stop judging each other based off just what we see. And I do it. You see someone walking down the street, you judge people based off of what they're wearing, their hair, uh, what they have on their body, what they participate in, and you have no idea what that person has gone through in their life. And I think if we are vulnerable, if we share what we've actually gone through, then it will build a society that is more connected, that is more loving, and that is more understanding. And when we are unified, we can always accomplish more together than we can alone. And that is what I stand behind and that is what I believe in. And that is a foundational tenet of this show. So I hope that me being vulnerable and sharing the hell that I've gone through allows you to know that you're not alone, that you have people like myself that are here for you and that you can overcome an obstacle that you're facing in your life. And that's the whole reason of why I wanted to start this show find your edge is to help tell stories of vulnerability to help people get out of their own way and equip them with the tools and the knowledge to overcome obstacles and adversities that they are going to face in their life. So if this show can do that for you, if this can help you overcome your obstacles and your adversities in your life, then we've accomplished our goal. You know, I've had so many people ask me, Jordan, what is this show? Why is it different? Why is it unique? And that's a tough question to answer. What I what I have been telling them is if Oprah and Sean Evans 
and Joe Rogan and Nardwar and Tim Ferriss, who are all great interviewers, if they had an interview baby, then that is going to be Find Your Edge. It is a long form interview show where we sit down with people from all walks of life. And you're going to be asking who's going to be on this show? Authors, speakers, businessmen and women, uh, athletes, trainers, leaders, speakers, artists, creatives. I don't know if I said actors. I might be repeating myself. Anyone, anywhere in the world. Well, they got to be in person, actually, because we're only doing in-person interviews. But anyone that I find interesting that is willing to come on this show and specifically be vulnerable, be, be raw, tear down those walls, and let's talk about things that they may not normally talk about. And not, not all these episodes are going to be, be uh, I think, emotionally heavy and deep. Some of them are going to be crazy. Some of them are going to be inspiring. Some of them are going to be tough to listen to. You know, we've done six episodes already. I can't wait to get these out there for you guys to listen. But the we're building a community here. This is not just a show. I'm not. I'm not trying to have a podcast that you know can can I can monetize and and make money off of this. Obviously, I'd love to get to a point where we're we're making money off of this just to be able to grow and scale the show and reach more people. But that's not my intention. My intention is simple. I just want to sit down and have deep, authentic, long conversations with people that I find inspiring. It's not that complicated. It's pretty straightforward. I just want to talk to people, hear their story, and share it with the world. So my promise to you is this. I promise to bring on the most unique, vulnerable, and authentic guests, and I promise to do my very best to prepare with great questions, with great research, to show the respect that both the guest deserves and the listener deserves. Because we are here for the long term. This is not short term. We are here for the long journey. And I hope that you guys are here to stay with us on this long journey. And I'm asking you for your patience and for your honest feedback as we grow this show together because I want this to be a community and I'm a strong believer in feedback and constructive criticism. Ultimately, we're going to lead the show how we best believe it should go, but I do want to hear feedback from everyone on the listeners, what you like, what you don't like, and how we can improve. So with that being said, this is the beginning of a long journey that I can't wait to start together and welcome to Find Your Edge. Thank you so, so much for listening, and I'll see you on the first episode.